New York City. New York City. You are now rapping. You are now rapping. With 50 Cent. You gotta love it. I just wanna chill and twist a lot Catch stunts in my 745 You drive me crazy, shorty I need to see you and feel you next to me I provide everything you need Welcome back, you are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change Podcast A couple of questions coming to you from the listeners You're listening <laughs> to Luke and Mikey on Radio 21 Questions <laughs> Awesome, that's such a good intro <laughs> Thanks mate <laughs> Thanks mate, I can't talk a lot of shit <laughs> Hey, this first question is from Sally. <clears throat> Sally dials in and she says, I have a question. Hi, team. It's a thorny, horny subject, consumer dent. I want to know how much the average middle-of-the-road Kiwi has ticked up on cars, HPs, etc. How can we reduce this? Obviously, saving for a new car is not always an option, and the washing machine always dies three days before payday, or don't we know it? Are there better ways? Considering you only get one crack at life, is it better to throw it on the mortgage and forget about it? Can you even do that at this age? Shit, did we have this question last time? Yeah, maybe. Throw it on the old mortgage seems to be a bit of a... Uh, <clears throat> I think oh, maybe we, we can just have. cover it off quickly. I think any unsecured lending, personal loans, <coughs> buy now, pay laters, I think you just need to get out of your life. I think I also don't, unless you're a business and you're doing it for business cash flow and slash future investment purposes, you should, shouldn't finance a car, but it's probably the one exception in terms of consumer debt that I'm partially okay with um, and that's because if you don't have a car and you need a car and you don't have the money but the car helps you get to work to get a job faster and earn a bigger income that basic math works for me um, but if you do it pay it off in like six months don't fuck around yeah get rid of it yeah the old yeah I'm not a fan of consumer debt I guess we've talked nah. about this a number of times where once you graduate beyond needing that stuff mm. but you've got to have the discipline to like the, the reason people don't build up emergency funds and rainy day accounts and my my fucking what's it called a washing machine's going to break down fund is because all your money's going into paying off mm. buy now pay later credit cards like you're you're mm. stuck you're you're yeah and as a society we know that that's a backup now mm. you know like that's your that's your option B if you needed it, where it just it just ends up, then you end up in the debt spiral and you can't get out of it and it yeah. gets a lot harder. What would a society look like, do you think, if we didn't have those? Like if we just said from tomorrow, no more buy now, pay later. Oh, actually, you can only have a credit card limit of $1,000, not $15,000. Like if we just tighten up on all that shit, you know, a lot of people would be in trouble, right? But I wonder what it would do to rewire people to think, hmm, I need to act differently I need mm. to think differently my backstop isn't there anymore yeah I think it'd be an interesting sort of 10 year test <laughs> yeah there'd probably be a bit better mental health and stuff I reckon bit of that pressure removed from making payments and things like that here's a goodie mate someone basically says that the emails are really hard to read on the mobile uh, phone which is uh, apologies I haven't had that feedback before but um, yeah maybe listen to the podcast format um, this <laughs> That's not, that's not very helpful, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how to fix that. I'm not really a tech guru. But um, what you can do also, you can copy the paste, uh, copy the text from the email, highlight it, and then get Siri to read it out to you. Yeah, that's yeah. a good trick. You might want to do I that. I like that trick. You showed me that trick. Hey, this one says, I read a while ago that you don't own a property, correct? And this article sparked a question. I'm curious about the New Zealand debt owner property culture. 
We're obsessed with owning a bank, owing the bank a shitload of money to say we own our property. I'm not sure that's a productive way to get wealth anymore. Would they? Would that money be better invested somewhere else? Why do we hate the idea of renting so much? Wait and own your own property when the mortgage is less. That, I guess we kind of did a podcast on that recently, right? With yeah, the old, we've, um, to, we've covered that off. I think you can go back and look at fuck paying someone else's mortgage was the was the pod, and that yeah. was quite a good one. So have a listen to that. I think that you know for forty something years house prices have continued to increase, right? So it's just what we've taught generation after generation. Yeah, it's generation. been a great one-way debt for a long time and it's worked and it's been a um, a protector of wealth as the value of the currencies decreased Yeah. Um, over time. And, you know, look, things are stacked against the housing market at the moment. I don't want to be too doom and gloom because I'll lose my job and my income, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like it's good right now. But, I mean, people have to remember why they're trying to get like wealthy, like they're always looking for a vehicle and um, I'm just such a big fan of like the bigger income thing over the, and before the asset thing, you know? Yeah. Um, It's not for everyone and I can no. see why people do it and, you know, I, I spoke at a conference on the weekend and it's to business owners, entrepreneurs, founders, people just getting started. I've heard the speech was fucking epic. It was, man. It was, fuck, I should do a pod on it. Eh? It was, uh, man... The, the buzz was just unreal. But um, we'll get into that at some stage. But the the part of it I said, look, the the roadmap is very simple in New Zealand. It is $100,000 salary, which if you want that, you're more likely to get that through a public role. So get a role that is with the government or a council or something like that. Buy a property, ride property up, hopefully build up enough equity to then get a rental and then just, that's your life. That You just ride it out until... Later on, maybe contribute to KiwiSaver, and then you have a bit of funds there. That's the blueprint. That's that's an easy Kiwi life. But I said, every one of you in here, that ain't going to excite you. That's not what you want to do. You're a fucking founder. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You don't think like that. You're here to take risks. You're here to change the world. Who do you think is going to add more value to the world? One of you in the room or someone that's picking which bark we should put at the playground, at the new playground that we're, we're planning on building at this council. And your budget's $1.8 million. Exactly. For the bark. Yeah. And no disrespect, like if that's your role and that's what you want to do, but these people in this room, they're like, I'm fucking going to change the world and like build this and stuff and they're just like, you know, noise. Yeah, they're not on that. Like here's the roadmap to have a successful, easy, safe life in New Zealand. They want risk. They want shit coming at them from all angles. And, you know, I think a lot of them are like, yeah, wow. And I said, entrepreneurship and business is a life sentence. Accept it. Get used to it. Fucking get going. Yeah. And... That is, uh, you know, not for everyone, but I think for a lot of people, buying a house and going down that, the well-trodden path, why wouldn't you? Because it's proven, and so many people have done it, and they see it, and so that's why I think it happens. But this next question, and this is not a jack-up, because I had no idea. Like, I opened these without even looking at them. The very next one says, Hey, guys, sorry this is a long one, hence the breath. I can't thank you enough for the fuck paying someone else's mortgage podcast. This describes my way of thinking 100%. I never wanted to be that person who was paying rent and funding someone else's investments. It just made no sense to me. I've recently been through a marriage separation and sale of the family home and came out with enough for a deposit on a house. I took myself off to a local mortgage broker and we worked out that if I could work a few more hours or get a second job, then almost I then the almost... Sorry, the amount I could borrow would get me closer to a property in an area I would feel safe as I'm now a single mum of two young children. The last thing I wanted to do is buy a property and not feel comfortable in it. Fair enough. 
So I went out and picked up some extra hours as well as an after-hours job cleaning the offices. I managed to get my hours up to where I needed and I have been doing this for the last six weeks. It was Sunday afternoon sitting at my work desk when I was listening to your podcast. I had been at work most of the weekend squeezing in those extra hours when I had that what the fuck moment. What the hell was I doing? This is not the lifestyle I want. I want to be available to my children. I want to be able to take them on holiday and make memories of them. Not to be tied to my job working every available hour, day and night just to pay a bloody mortgage. Your podcast encouraged me to look at renting in a different light. Rather than me paying someone else's mortgage, I can now see the opportunities renting will allow me and the lifestyle my children and I could have. I have one question that I'm hoping you will be able to help me with. I really enjoy listening to your podcast and still have plenty of them to get through and I'm hoping you can point me in the right direction of a financial advisor. I now have a lump sum that I can invest. Yay, I want someone who looks outside the square and can talk me through my options. I want to understand what my money is doing, not just to hand it over and walk away. Again, thank you for these podcasts. It sounds bloody cheesy, but I believe this decision will enrich my children's lives and give them give them memories they would otherwise have missed out on. I didn't even realise just the thought of it taking on a 500k mortgage was weighing so heavily on my shoulders. I feel so much better now that I can see renting isn't the big bad wolf that I had thought that it always was. Wow. Jesus. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. I hope that this person, like when I read this, I hope that this person does get some good sound advice around that cash to, you know, yeah, well, to map out the something next Something just to take note of. Um the greatest hedge fund manager of all time came out today and he's been famous for saying cash is trash. Ray Dalio, he came out today and said, when the data changes, I'm quite happy to change my mind and I no longer believe cash is trash and yeah. saving is a net neutral position. So maybe it's okay to just sit on some cash at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, he's That's a, what he's saying basically, right, yeah, in America. and yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, with the way interest rates are, if you can fire... I know inflation's up at 7.3 and then, you know, your best interest rate around might be, I don't know what they are, 3% or something. It sounds like a big gap, but if you're in a term deposit for a year or two or whatever it is at 3 or 4% and then inflation's at 2% in the middle of next year, all of a sudden it's not a bad bet in terms mm. of beating that and protecting your capital and not taking risk in the markets and all these kind of things, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I could probably give an example of that like with some actual data. So, you know, I... Um, yes, if you're holding on to cash, cash is trash. The theory is that you're then losing purchasing power to inflation. But me, for instance, I put $11,500 into a Kiwi Property Group. Mm-hmm. I had no exposure to property. I'm like, okay, this would give me some exposure to property. Did the same with Goodman Group. And my Kiwi Property, $11,500 is now worth 9200 So you've tried to beat inflation, and instead of losing 7.3% to inflation, you've lost 28.3%. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've been what I'd like to call roll bold and asshole. <laughs> That's right. Twenty, my investment's twenty percent down, and then inflation has killed me too. Uh, I've stacked twelve thousand dollars into Arvida, and that's down by twenty three percent as well. <laughs> Good going, Luke. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I've put five thousand dollars into Ryman Health because everyone's getting older. Mm. So surely, yeah, they're going to go a up. Huge market, eh? Fucking beauty. Uh, that's down forty four percent. <laughs> you are not hedged against inflation at all. <laughs> so, oh, it's so good. Uh, lastly, eleven thousand dollars into Genesis Energy, Mikey. Yep. Everyone needs power. Everyone needs power, mate. No fucking way you're going to lose money buying power company. And I'm proud to say that I'm only down sixteen point six percent on that one. <laughs> you know. Oh, so dear. It's tough out there, people. It is really, really tough, and you can't just listen to everybody and think that. 
you know everyone's got the answers because uh, the world is just changing so much. And you know I can laugh about it because I am not in the position where I'm like, holy that's putting shit. you under pressure. Yeah, yeah. And that's the beautiful position that I've got myself. But it still does look to look at my portfolio and go. Oh wow! Okay, I'm down eight uh, percent overall. Once I factor in a couple of ups that are in there, and trust me, there's is not many. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's really really hard. And I think you you would need to get some strong uh, advice around your lump sum of money. The problem is that there's not many people that service the little guy in this space, mm. is there? And this is the you know maybe if I could solve one problem uh, in the market, it would be like micro financial advisors because everyone's incentivized to chase the big dogs and manage the big money because then they're going to get a percentage of well, that fund in the management, too. right? Yeah. yeah. So then the people like this, this beautiful lady who's made a big decision and she's trying to protect her children and uh, rent in somewhere that she wants to rent and then go, what should I do with this cash? Like, There's no one that she can really talk to or turn to and, and yeah. that, that kind of sucks. So I don't have anyone managing my money but I put like two or three years into studying what I think I want to do with it for the rest of my life. Gotcha. And now I have a baseline of knowledge that I'm comfortable enough with to make some decisions on my own. And then I also know what I won't do. So there's certain things in markets and equities and bonds and all sorts in property mm. that I won't touch because yep. I know that it's outside my the limit of the knowledge. If I want to, I'll put myself into that position again and go learning. Yeah. But I've got enough things that I did a lot of put a lot of effort into to understanding. YouTube premium's a great investment. No ads. Go type in what you think you're interested in and, and start learning. Um I think you have to learn about how you have to you have to if you're gonna take risk and put money into markets and things, you have to think about how you would feel if you woke up one day and it was 50% down, yeah. if you can stomach that, then it's okay and things like that. Fuck, man, I sat through losing half of my net worth in Bitcoin once. Yeah. <laughs> and it came out the other side and did really well. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I was okay with that at the time because the way that I was living and my income and stuff, I was a set up to be able to stomach that. But a mm. lot of people can't. No. And it's a weird thing, and you have to really think about it and do it correctly. A lot of people hate losing any money, right? And, yeah, and, you know, like someone like Dalio saying that it's a good time to just be a saver, that speaks pretty heavily to me because he's been a, he's been on the, you know, cash has been trash for a decade. Um, and now he's saying it's net neutral. So, yeah. and it's and it's basically zero risk. So yeah. there's some there's some bonus in just saving at the moment, and then maybe while we're in this period in time of time to save, it's a good time to use that extra time. You're not working your part time job now to do some learning. The um, couple of things I would say: one, like don't give up the ability to make some cash on the side because that is just such a good skill to have, especially as a solo mother and looking after two kids. There'll be things that are going to pop up new rain jackets or Sally wants to go on the bloody um, camp you know 300 bucks you got 300 bucks oh, fuck you know you don't want to be eating into the lump sum cash you've got all the time no you always want to be growing it yeah um, but whether that's with with extra income or or investment you know mm. increases are two different things I think if you can do it with extra income it's a guaranteed yep. 100% return on you know 
the safe safe way to do it. The, the, this person, if you're listening, if you can take one point away from this, it is that a lump sum amount of money will usually be gone in three years' time. And there's a saying that once you once you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. So now that you know that, do not let that be you. Yeah. Like figure out, okay, that's your that's the point you have to avoid. Yeah. That's and your it's your new zero. Yeah. Yeah. So that is I'm not gonna be one of those people. I, I know that that's what's my likelihood. So I'm gonna be determined not to let that happen. So that's where you start. Uh and then okay, can I still make some cash where uh, need be to, need to be, et cetera, to then um, you know, offset some of those increasing costs for the kids and stuff. But also I think like kernel wealth or maybe simplicity, they run funds that you can access any time that are very similar to their KiwiSavers from what I understand, right? I haven't looked into that too much, but I believe you can kind of invest with them mm. and the funds mirror what's happening with your KiwiSaver. You can do all sorts of basic things like buying an ETF, which is just a, you know, a group of the 500 biggest companies in America. Mm. You know, there's there's all sorts of like passive Passive, I mean, like you just you just buy it, and it and the fund is taking care of it by itself. Yep. And I've said this before on the podcast, like in Warren Buffett's will, he said, "When I die, put everything in the S and P five hundred. That's right. Hey, what about? Um, I think uh, my my boy's on the way with my meal, so we have to get up out of here. Oh, it's two minutes away. Fuck, I'm not going to do this justice. Uh, we'll have to do it on another pod, but. Um, you know, I've lost my train of thought now. Damn it, they were so good. I, oh, I, no. I want to get. I want to get into. Do you want to go one. solo, and I'll go get it. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, okay. You, yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, because I want to. I want to ask you about it actually. So oh, no. <laughs> can, we're having a shocking <laughs> <yeah>. team. <laughs> can you fill any time with a made-up question? I'll, <laughs> I'll, um, but yeah, check out Kernel Wealth or Simplicity and see what you can invest in on there. The other thing I was going to say, mate, is could they potentially use that fund? I don't know how big that pool of cash is to buy a rental property. Yeah. And then rent that out and then... Hard hard at the moment, but yeah, there's... If you can... It's 40% deposits at the moment. Oh, is it 40? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, 20 on a new build, but hard to find a new build, you know, in that price range. And you could probably f- maybe find something close down in, in the cargo or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where this person's from. The other massive point that I, that I want to raise that I see all the time and we didn't touch on in the fuck paying someone else's mortgages, I always see, um, particularly mothers, so it must be a maternal thing, I assume, they are like, I want to know that I've got the comfort and safety of knowing that that house is mine and that mm. my, I'm not just going to get booted out by the landlord. Mm. And, <clears throat> and whilst I hear that, I think, have we forgotten that humans and children are massively resilient? And if if instead, like, how do you know that your kids aren't going to want to move? Should you be moved out of a rental? I know this is really easy for me to say because I don't have kids and one day I'll understand this better. Mm. But I I always say this and I think, where did you learn that from? Because, fuck, this dude's here. (laughs) Damn it. You reckon you can get onto this? Oh, no. We'll we'll hit the the (laughs) stop button, eh? And we'll cover it back we'll off. explore this in the next one yeah right yeah that's been another few <laughs> questions for the people out there <laughs> it's like like dinner time baby